Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Slam Hub Wrestling. Myself, Supreet, and this is your Extreme Rules 2021 review. I am joined by Spandan once again. What you think about this pay-per-view, which is called Extreme Rules? And looking at it, you should have called it non-Extreme Rules. Weird, because Extreme Rules means a lot of stipulations and the problem is a lot of these feuds, a lot of these matches were happening kind of like for the first time. So Becky and Bianca is for the first time. Charlotte versus this new Alexa. I would like to call it a new feud because it's not the regular Alexa Bliss. So apparently the regular Alexa Bliss was a better wrestler. So this is a new thing as well. A rematch of Usos and Street Profits. Demon versus Roman was something I was looking forward to. This just didn't feel like a pay-per-view. It was like a regular weekly show and they just jumped too ahead of uh, themselves and as they have to book Roman well because uh, there's an expected, you know, proportion of people who are looking forward to Roman feuds, they've booked the Extreme Rules feud, they've booked the Crown Jewel feud, they're looking at Survivor Series as well with Biggie and the New Day. So they're just overbooking themselves and pushing themselves into a corner. So it's difficult to just judge but yeah, there should have been some some stipulations and matches. I don't think every match needs a stipulation, but at least more than one. So, a tad bit disappointed, but yeah, the show was decent-ish. And uh, even though we had decent in-ring work, I have to say this was not the worst, but it was one of the most boring WWE pay-per-view this year. Yeah, not worst because absolutely, as you called it, the in-ring work wasn't bad. So the matches were really good, but you have to stick to the niche you are in. The niche was extreme rules. So that means, and every, you know, promo package, every, you know, video, the hype up to the pay-per-view, tonight, no rules. Uh, We go extreme, we do this, we do that. But every match is a regular match. So book it in a different way. Maybe do a different promo package because Becky's uh, ending the promo package saying tonight no rules, we'll go extreme and your match ends in a DQ. So it's really stupid of doing all those things. But yeah, entering work good, but I was expecting more because it was extreme rules and nothing extreme happened except for the main event. If If you are not giving us extreme rules type of stipulation, why uh, Why not, you know, go ahead and rename this paper you unforgiven? Yes, a new name would have worked, but uh, when they had Hell in a Cell in June, I think, so when they had that, so we knew Extreme Rules was going to be pushed to October or uh, September. So that was going to happen and they didn't have a choice. They don't like to bring old paper names. Apparently, even, uh, you know, in your house, takeover in your house is under the retired pay-per-views category right now on Sony Live and the WWE Network on Peacock. So, NXT is also not going to have that show anymore. Vengeance is also under that. WWF in your house or NXT TakeOver in your house? NXT TakeOver in your house because the poster had cross in it. Oh, that makes sense because wins now TakeOver's NXT. Yeah. Everything is going to be under control of the boss. So, it's not been very disappointing to see NXT that way. It's decentish. They're building new stars. I love a couple of them. But yeah, talking about extreme rules, I was expecting a lot. And it felt like a flat weekly show with some incredible highs. And by the way, we have the draft coming up. Any expectations? Yes. I'm expecting them to break up Adam Pierce and Sonia Deville into general managers. But... Uh, I don't think so because something on SmackDown is happening. Naomi and uh, Sonia Deville are kind of in a feud. I am thinking it's going to lead to two things. Sonia Deville's in-ring return and Naomi joining the bloodline. So these two things might happen. So I don't think they're going to have general managers. It's going to be Stephanie returning and announcing things. But that's really boring. So let's just see what happens. Hopefully the draft twists are enough to keep us uh, hooked. What is your favorite version of the draft? The lottery version or the announcement version? 
I like the 2016 one, to be honest. Uh, the commissioner and general manager thing, they hyped up things and did comedy as well. It was quite impromptu because a lot of things, Stephanie was speaking while we saw the uh, pics on the screen. So a lot of things weren't planned. And Shane McMahon tearing it up when Enzo and Cass were taken by Raw and all of that. So I like the 2016 version. I like the lottery version because of the pops. But uh, yeah. there you go, man. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Does it make any difference or it, is it the same old, same old? And please yeah. don't bring Roman to Raw because I don't want to watch uh, a three-hour show just for Roman Reigns. We can do that on SmackDown. Yeah. Raw has a lot of issues right now. Not the product itself. I'm saying Raw has developed over the past two weeks. The past two weeks have been watchable and really, really good. So the problem is Monday Night Football has begun. And that's drawing 15 to 20 million views each uh, Monday. And that's a huge loss because when Biggie cashed in, they'd already announced it for this reason that Monday Night Football is starting. So, of good numbers, but they did only 1.6 million. Next week, they bring Roman Reigns, the star, and they draw only 1.7 million. So, football is really hitting them hard. They're back to beating AEW in that 18 to 49 demo. They did that again, Raw. So, it's not continuing. But... They need a lot of things every single week. And you can see that. This is panic booking. The first week, football begins. Biggie cashes in. Next week, Roman Reigns is on Raw and he's a SmackDown star. This week, they have a WWE Championship match with uh, Biggie and Lashley. So they're trying to do just big things again and again and again. This won't continue. At one time, you don't have a choice but to have a regular main event. Bro, this panic booking is going to really hamper Biggie stuttering. I promise you. Yeah, because, you know, I, just after Biggie winning, of, of course, it's not been long. And I want to give him time. But there's just some connect that is missing. There has to be something big happening to Biggie. Maybe a fresh feud. Because after today's six-man tag, I kind of see AJ Styles becoming a single star again. What happened with Lashley and AJ during the end of the match. So... I don't care about Omo splitting up. Omo is a big guy. He'll be booked like a big guy. Vince loves them. But AJ versus Biggie would be a really good dynamic. And Biggie needs a major feud. And I would love, if not AJ, then please bring Keith Lee. Keith Lee and Biggie at Crown Jewel for the WWE Championship, insane. You mean Bearcat Keith Lee? Yeah, it was Keith Bearcat Lee uh, signing to a former wrestler. Uh, Bearcat White. So, it's going to be a good change for Keith. You know, I saw a clip of him being announced on main event. Keith Bearcat Lee. I didn't hate it a lot. It was kind of catchy. So, let's just see where this goes because you can show it as an homage to a former wrestler and nothing comedic. They didn't change his gear for this or his entrance or anything. Just the name. So, I just hope they're doing something with Keith Lee. I want to see him in the WWE title picture. I don't know about Keith Lee, but uh, if WWE continues this panic booking slash whatever you want to call it, I think we might be seeing a day where Big E goes head-to-head with someone like Lesnar or Goldberg before he even gets to WrestleMania. Or even Royal Rumble. hmm, Because they're getting scared, not of AEW, but Monday Night Football more. SmackDown doesn't have that problem. SmackDown, even after Rampage coming, they're doing their numbers nice. And yeah, after SummerSlam, they have not dropped below 2, 2 million most probably. So they're doing really, really well. But Raw, on the other hand, they have incredible competition. And it's unlucky that the show that is getting hampered is Raw, which is already not the best. So they just need some good booking here because you need new stars. What people nowadays want is not big matches. Obviously, they want big matches, but new stars. If you push someone like a Keith Lee, like a Karrion Cross, who are not your mega stars, but are people who are loved by the crowd. So if you give them what they want, like Jeff Hardy, you put him in the 24-7 title picture, incredible backlash on Twitter and Instagram. WWE heard that and put him directly into uh, great matches with uh, Priest and Sheamus and now a triple threat. So they do listen to us, but less than the other companies. So... Let's just see what happens because they'll give us what they uh, what we want, but not that often. But uh, let's get down with the review. But before that, 
If you are new to Slam Up Wrestling, then make sure to like, share, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. Check out our other content. Like we went uh, in detail with the reviews for AEW Grand Slam for both Dynamite and Rampage. Really great show. Check that out. But let's start with this review. Uh, by the way, did you had any chance of checking out the kickoff? Yeah, I did watch the specific match. I went on YouTube and. Some uh, great man had put up the timestamp where the match began, so I clicked and watched the match. Good match. Okay, it was Liv Morgan versus Carmela. So yeah, uh, nothing much important. It's the same old SmackDown matches we have been seeing for the last I don't know three months. Yeah, nothing new. Uh, they kind of said uh, even Michael Cole on commentary. This is a mini rivalry. So you're just undervaluing the already undervalued thing. So Liv Morgan versus Carmella, they have a good dynamic. The match wasn't sloppy. The match was great. Liv Morgan was super over. The crowd loves Liv Morgan, and they were seriously cheering for her. Carmella played well with that. Did her regular, uh, you know, stereotypical promo of "I am the most beautiful woman in WWE," and there were a couple of good moves as well. And Enzigiri, which was loud. Triangle choke by Carmela, and it gives a pay-per-view win to Liv Morgan, a singles pay-per-view win, no matter if it's on the kickoff, but huge win. Nothing much. Liv Morgan deserves better. Carmela is decent enough. So let's get to the main card here, and this is the last-minute announcement. This match, so it was a six-man with the New Day versus Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and Omas. Or almost, whatever you call it. Um, last minute thing because I don't know they wanted the WWE champion to be featured in the pay per view. I guess. Yeah, they wanted the WWE champion to be there, and they put Morgan and Carmella on the pre-show. So you are left with only five matches on the main show, and uh, no three-hour pay per view is WWE style. They have to hit the three-hour mark, so they did. And they needed six matches, so each match got time. And I wasn't really disappointed with this change because I saw Biggie. We love the new day, and this was a fun little six-month tag. Like you said, this indeed was a fun little six-man tag, very entertaining. And like you pointed out earlier, they could be doing something with AJ Styles because now they have completely exhausted. This uh, tag team run, I think, and that's it. So you could easily bring back AJ Styles in as a singles guy going after the top championship. So we'll have to wait and see. But uh, really fun six man tag, like we said, and things really got interesting as we got to the final part because there was some dissension going on with Lashley and AJ Styles. Like Styles really wanted to, you know. Get the win for his team by himself. So what happened was Styles. He was looking for a phenomenal forum on Biggie. So while this was going on, uh, Lashley was able to make a blind tag. So he missed the said phenomenal forum. So Lashley was looking for a spear on Biggie, but accidentally he spears AJ Styles. So this led to Biggie hitting the big ending on Lashley and getting the victory for New Day. Once again, Lashley spinned for I don't know. What's the win loss record for Lashley here? But there you go, New Day wins. Very fun six man tag. But let's get to the big news, shall we? So mm-hmm. it's official. We are getting the WWE Championship match, the rematch between Lashley and Biggie on Monday Night Raw, and this is going to, I think, kick off Raw. So in a way, that's a big thing. So very predictable outcome. Biggie retains. Mm. Yeah. So let's uh, just add some things to the six-man tag. First things first, it was too fast. And that's what people like these days. So hot tag after hot tag, New Day super over as is Liv Morgan. And that's credit to the crowd because the crowd was phenomenal today. And they were really, really loud. And few matches required the audio pipe in, but this match didn't. Because uh, people were happy to see, because it was the first match. So they were hot uh, right now. So a lot of spots, to be honest, between Styles and Biggie, which were going to become a botch, but they protected it. Uh, the, you know, Yurinagi in the corner, 
Styles went into the ropes and Biggie kind of caught him and came uh, back with the slam. But yeah, uh, awesome wrestlers Biggie and Styles. And I would like to see a single feud between Biggie and AJ Styles. But your decision to pin Bobby Lashley was bad because exactly one night after you're having a WWE Championship match, which is still the richest prize in sports entertainment, not the Universal Title. So for that match, your challenger is already pinned. How? How can you build the legitimacy of Lashley for next night if he's going after the biggest title? So AJ has been pinned like a thousand times in his career these past few months. Just pin him again and give him a fresh start after the draft. He's been pinned by Riddle, Orton, Xavier Woods, Kofi, Biggie. Everyone has pinned AJ Styles. So it's not a big thing anymore. So just pin AJ Styles and that would have been the best because you could have built Lashley versus Biggie better. So tomorrow's title match, yeah, predictable. But the thing that it's kicking off again is panic booking because last week we had Bloodline versus New Day, which was going to be the main event kickoff. So now we have Biggie versus Lashley kickoff. So I don't know what they're going to book in the main event. They're just building these big, big matches and you've got nothing left after Biggie versus Lashley. Who's going to be next for Charlotte? Who's going to be next for all these champions that are there on Raw? So they've booked themselves into a corner, as I said. Let's just see what happens. Maybe they do something stupid, typical WWE style. But uh, in, at the end, they have to give Biggie still as WWE champion. Yeah, he will stay champion. So maybe RK Bro has their thing, but their apparent challengers had to be Lashley and MVP. MVP is kayfabe injured. And he's not going to be in the title match anytime soon. So the tag team gauntlet was a waste. And I don't know what's the future for RK bro. What's the future for the other champions. But I'll be intrigued to see what the main event is tomorrow. If this WWE title match is going first. Maybe typical WWE book a DQ and then make it the main event. Yeah, that's, the, that's how you book Raw. Give us a non-finish yeah. at the end or a screw finish. Then we will have another match uh, in the third hour, the main event. But uh, at the end of the day, Biggie has to go over. You know why? Lashley. Lashley doesn't need the WWE Championship right now. Because you can do something like you have still left, you know, uh, the Goldberg thing is still need to happen, right? The rematch. Yeah. Goldberg-Lashley is going to happen in Saudi. And Goldberg is 200% going to win. So that was the reason they took the title off Lashley as well. So that if Goldberg wins, he doesn't become champion. One smart thing they've done. So it's going to be a tricky situation, to be honest. The draft is this week. And I have a, a intuition that Lesnar is going to Raw. And then he's going to battle for the SmackDown title. Because they want to do Lashley-Lesnar at WrestleMania. So how do that Lesnar is going to Raw? So that's going to be a tricky situation they're going to book. But Lashley, to be honest... Even after taking these pins, it's awesome how we don't feel he's weak. Because every single match, he's booked so strong. Even in his losses in the triple threat against Ian Reigns, he was pinned, but he looked so strong. So, he's become a great wrestler. He wasn't one, but he's become great. So, let's just see what happens. But Lashley Goldberg first in Saudi, after this title match between E and Lashley. And then you'll have to book Lashley in a different way. How will you keep him stalled for six months before Lesnar arrives? So that's going to be the case. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, shall we talk about uh, the SmackDown? Uh, was this the next match? Yes. The SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. This was between the Usos and the Street Profits. And uh, the story of the match was Montez Ford and his injured ribs, thanks to Roman Reigns. So yeah. Usos. They did a you know great job targeting the rapes. And at the end of the day, it turned out to be a really fun tag match. What do you think about it? Do we have to talk about it? It's like rematch town all the way. Like Street Profits versus Usos is happening for the third time in two months. And you know, the SmackDown tag team titles would feel good if they did with new challengers. Alpha Academy has been built for two months and Somehow, I like them. I see them as credible challenges. Otis's moves, Otis's style, it's become different. Chad Gable being the coach. Give, and they had that confrontation on SmackDown. So, I hope it's the next feud. But since July, 
Money in the Bank, it was Usos versus Mysterios. SummerSlam, same match. On SmackDown, they had the tag titles match, Street Profits and Usos. This week on Extreme Rules, same match. So they're doing it twice every time. You don't need to. So I wasn't really excited for this match. I was like, okay, Usos are going to retain. The bloodline is not going to lose any title soon. So just watched it. And to be honest, their SmackDown match was better. I didn't like this one uh, that much. The start was a bit sloppy. Angelo Dawkins was too motivated and inspired to do stuff. But Jimmy Uso was like, calm down. It's uh, too fast. So a bit sloppy. I like the SmackDown one better. Nothing really great. But Michael Cole needs to stop calling Jey Uso main event Jey Uso. He's battling in the second match on the card. What main event Jey Uso? When he was facing Edge and all. All the Roman opponents in the main event of SmackDown, it made sense till then. But now he's in a tag team and back in the second match on the card. What main event? So stop that and sloppy match. But I think after this, you don't need the Street Profits against Usos. You need to book Alpha Academy versus Usos in Saudi. That's going to be a great match. And it's just going to be Usos retaining because their matches are getting predictable too. But... uh... We did get to see, you know, some fun sports like at one point, Montez Ford turned out to be like Ricochet. You know, he did that corner dive, which looked great. We had some great near falls, you know, uh, the street profits, you know, kicking out of the Uso splashes. But at the end, it was, I don't know, was it Montez Ford or was it Dawkins who took the pin? Montez Ford. No. It was Dawkins. It was Dawkins. Yeah, it. No, I think it was Ford, I guess. But anyways, one of those guys took the pin. How does it matter? Touche. But uh, Uso's win via is super kicks and the double Us and nothing much. You just listed out that this is the third time that they are facing, right? This is what you get when you have two to three tag teams on a single division. Yeah, on SmackDown, they have the Usos, the Street Profits, and the Alpha Academy. That's it. Merge. You seriously don't have another team. Merge. Just merge it. Yeah. You know, I, was, I had a video in mind. And what that video said was, Raw and SmackDown, they don't need to have different divisions. You can keep the male wrestlers different. You can keep them on separate brands. One brand can have the entire tag division. One brand can have the entire women's division. That would be great. Your women's wrestlers are also decreasing. So you can have all of them in one brand that increases your chances of doing a battle royal, a six-pack match. So when you have those superstars, you don't have enough superstars for a six-pack challenge also. That's how bad the situation is. So just merge the divisions because teams are decreasing. And actual teams, all of these teams are single superstars. So, make good teams, but I don't know. They just don't believe in tag team wrestling. One set of titles for both divisions. Simple way to book this. Yeah, world tag team champions. New Day still call themselves world tag team champions. So, just make the titles the same and you could have a great tag team division, more matches, and they're just breaking tag teams one after the other. Miz versus Morrison. What the hell happened in that situation? Miz attacks Morrison out of nowhere. Maybe you could have showed that Dakota Raquel kind of story. And then Miz attacks him. Miz attacks him. Next week, you have a match. Not on a pay-per-view. And now Miz is on Dancing with the Stars. And you have Morrison doing dripsticks on Karrion Cross. What the hell? Like, how, how can you think of all these things? I don't have any words. But uh, that will be too long. Let's continue with the review. Let's uh, talk about uh, the Raw Women's Championship match. This was Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss. So they didn't mention Alexa Bliss, even though she got a huge reaction. This is her hometown in uh, Columbus. They didn't mention that she was from uh, this, you know, Columbus, Ohio area because she is supernatural. So that doesn't make any sense, right? Why do you call it supernatural yeah. character from uh, so-and-so hometown? Exactly. I was like, you have missed the biggest chance. Alexa Bliss was already over. And there might be a lot of people who don't know she's from Columbus. It's not obvious. The commentary is not heard to the people in the arena. 
you have to say it that she's from Columbus, Ohio. And uh, take her, I was shocked that Death Valley was actually a place. I thought it was just like something for Undertaker, but it's actually a place. So you can say Columbus, Ohio. What's the problem? But they missed the trick and WWE hates hometown heroes as well. Bianca beat down in Knoxville, her hometown. Alexa loses in her hometown. All the superstars who enter their hometown are beaten up and brought back. So I don't know what they're But anyways, man, this match was kind of decentish. They were trying to, you know, actually wrestle and not do supernatural BS. But we did get to see, you know, some glimpses of it. Like, I really hate when Alexa Bliss does that stupid crawl. There you go. a lot of things that Alexa Bliss does right now. But at least I appreciated that they put in some effort to work and got in some uh, really good near falls. Like, there was this spot where Alexa really did a great-looking code red or sunset bomb which got a great near fall. And uh, at uh, the first attempt, Charlotte did miss the, what does she call it, this natural selection. But uh, the end factor was the natural selection with some shenanigans where Charlotte would grab the Lily doll and just threw it in the face of Alexa. Then she hit the natural selection, which got the win. I really didn't care for this match. Uh, when they announced it and when we got to the result but they could have put Alexa you know as the winner and put the championship on to be honest Charlotte right now is a 15 time women's champion no matter what these two just say a women's tag team title and two NXT title wins that matters so a 15 time champion but they are calling it 12 because the women's tag titles don't matter. And the NXT uh, uh, Women's uh, Championship doesn't matter now because NXT is Vince's brand. So, they're now calling her a 12-time champion and since they obviously are going to break Ric Flair's record with her championship reigns, I don't expect Charlotte to win a pay-per-view match where she's the champion. Every single time she's defending, I'm like, okay, she'll lose. Next draw or next pay-per-view, she's going to get it back. Because that's Charlotte Flair's reign all over the years. She's never had a very long reign. So, quite shocked to see Charlotte win here. But something good, to be honest, in the end, when she broke Lily and Alexa was crying and all of that stuff, I, for God's sake, hope that this is kind of the end of Alexa Bliss's field gimmick. Because next week on Dynamite, Bray Wyatt is 90% coming to AW. So... 90% Rochester, hometown of late trade Burodi League. So I just hope Bray is there. And that's why they're cutting this gimmick from Alexa Bliss because they don't want to relate anything, even though the crowd will not forget. So I hope that Goddess Alexa Bliss is back and we get to see some good things. Because Alexa and Charlotte, two great athletes, but I don't see the chemistry. It's kind of like Kevin Owens and AJ Styles, two amazing wrestlers, but their in-ring chemistry was bad. They didn't have a great match. So maybe the old Alexa Bliss coming back would be in great things because everyone loved the heel character. So I'm hoping that this Lily crap ends. But uh, like you said, post-match, we see Charlotte. She just destroys Lily, the doll. Lily to AW confirmed. And uh, Alexa (laughs) Bliss. Alexa Bliss just has a temper tantrum now that Lily is quote-unquote gone. And we hear, uh, thank you, Lily Chance from the Columbus Faithful. That was funny as hell. So what does this mean? Is this the end of the supernatural Alexa Bliss? So after two matches in Saudi for the women, I think they are going to Saudi again with the women. Not a great idea. Please don't do women's matches there. I hate it. Like, first of all, their gear changes. They are wrestling in t-shirts. And that's not even the biggest problem. The Natalia Lacey Evans match, when the first time happened, 
I was shocked that Natalia during an entrance got a bottle on her leg, a bottle thrown at her leg. So I don't want to see a women's match in Saudi. Just respect your female athletes. And if you've heard uh, NXT reports and rumors, they want a product to be edgier, and that also means that NXT uh, female superstars, their gear has to be more revealing. So, if you noticed uh, NXT this week, the camera van at the entire time was at Mandy Rose's legs. Oh, look at her legs! Look at her legs! They're making it attitude era women's wrestling, and that's all because of Johnny Ace, aka John Laurinaitis, who loves people the power. attitude era. And- people power. <laughs> he loves the divas era, so that's going to happen. But what's next for Charlotte? There? Alexa Bliss kind of has an end that uh, okay, her new gimmick is going to come, which is the old gimmick. But what's next for Charlotte? Who's her next feud? Nikki and Rhea, for thank God they are the women's tag champions and can't come after Charlotte right now. But who is left on Raw? You brought Sasha and Becky both back to SmackDown. Everything uh, Fox wants, they get. The USA Network is just crying. I don't know who's left. Yeah, I, who's left for Charlotte Blair and who's left for this women's division? Lacey Evans is pregnant. She can't come back. Ronda Rousey is pregnant. She can't come back. Why did you bring Tony Storm to SmackDown? You're not even doing anything with her. Could have brought her to Raw and done something. Maybe the draft is happening. Things can shake up. Just, just control one episode of Raw with Charlotte and do nothing. Then from Friday, you have the draft. Bring some new stars from NXT because Vince is controlling them. So probably some people will be coming. And Shayna Baszler is becoming a single star. Shayna versus Charlotte could be a great match. You can do that. Yeah. If you allow them to do proper wrestling and not crap, not a boot to the face and Shayna gets pinned. Do some proper wrestling and Charlotte versus Shayna can be the next amazing feud. I don't know, man. The draft could really... You could really bring Tony Storm to Raw and go make a Charlotte Flair-Tony Storm match. Yeah, because Tony Storm doesn't have anything to do on SmackDown right now. Sasha is back. Bianca lost her match in DQ. So, both these women are going to get title matches. Maybe at the same time in a triple threat. So, Tony Storm, we can't see where she's going with a title match. Bring her to Raw, do a Charlotte and Tony Storm match. Pull off a shocker because you like panic wins. Pull off a Tony Storm title win. So, you need some people in the draft and a shocking win or a draft pick on Raw wouldn't be any surprise because they need people for Charlotte. Just like for Roman Reigns. Or let's get Tien into Monday Night Raw. Yeah, you could bring her, but... Let's just see what happens. Charlotte doesn't have a lot of views. It's becoming kind of like the Roman situation where you have to feed opponents, but you don't have any. So the draft is important for both these champions because they need challengers. But speaking about Tien Shah, did you know Mei Yang was 2000 years old? I know. You've told me like around 2000 times. And did you know that Tien Shah is not featured on NXT for months? Who's Tien Shah again? The group. Okay, I don't watch NXT. The edgier TNCA is not going to show up on a pink, blue, yellow, orange, green colored NXT. There you go. But uh, before we get to this United States uh, championship match, I think we had a segment involving uh, Kayla Braxton and Paul Heyman. By the way, the chemistry between these two is super. Like Heyman is making Kayla Braxton one of the best interviewers backstage personal like the likes of maybe even a Rene Young mm. at least yeah their chemistry is awesome like Paul Heyman he's just a genius everything he touches turns to gold and that's why on Smackdown you can see new stars being built Apollo Crews he won the US title on Raw and Heyman was there on Raw at that time he wins the IC title on Smackdown Alistair Black was in a return and he was going to be pushed but the bloody budget cuts and Heyman was fighting till the end to keep Alistair Black. So, he's just building new stars and even a small segment. Can you imagine his creativity? A small backstage segment has turned into a, a major thing on SmackDown and we look forward to it because it's funny. 
So Caleb Braxton has become a major name now just because of Paul Heyman and each segment is funny. But anyway, that was entertaining. Uh, but let's talk about the triple threat United States Championship match between uh, Damien Priest, uh, the champion, Sheamus, and Jeff Hardy. And throughout this match, Jeff Hardy was the most over guy in the building. Absolutely. Jeff Hardy is always the over guy in the building. So he was really, really over. And some points, to be honest, there were three or four spots where I felt, oh my God, is Hardy going to win the title? Because they're pushing Hardy finally after all the hate that WWE got for putting him in the 24-7 title run. So I'm happy to see Hardy being over because he's always there. And being in a title match, you never know what's going to happen. And in a triple threat, you could have used some tools as well because on the bump last night, Hardy said, I might be uh, going to find ladders. So he didn't use any ladders. Triple threat is no DQ. They could have used, but they didn't. But great match, to be honest. Something good on the show. You're speaking about ladders. I think the theme for this show was Columbus wanted tables. And they had to wait two hours to finally see those. But uh, nonetheless, let's talk about the match. This match, like I said, people are, uh, people are really into Jeff Hardy. They want uh, Jeff Hardy to win this match. Other than that, they really didn't care about it. And it really took it, uh, you know, yeah, when we got to the final part, then the people really got invested because Hardy was getting several near falls. And they even, you know, uh, boot Damien Priest out of the building because Hardy is the main guy. So, what I, I liked how the match started with the uh, Hardy thing. Like, Sheamus decided to take out Jeff Hardy first. And he that was the theme for this match because Sheamus was being doing a great job, you know, being the prick and really getting that great heat. So, as we get to the final parts, like I said, Jeff Hardy is scoring several near falls here. But it ends up uh, where we see, I think, Damien Priest got a surprise roll-up. And that's how the match ended. Yeah, so, Damien Priest got a surprise roll-up on Sheamus. So, there you go, man. It was This match told a lot. Like, you could do way better with Jeff Hardy seeing the reaction he gets. Yeah, every, that's the real story. Every week, you're looking forward to uh, listening to No More Words and seeing Jeff Hardy because he's such a lovable guy. And you want people, you know, to be invested in storylines right now because you don't have a lot going on in WWE. And he is one guy. He has said it online that his dream match is Roman Reigns. And of course, Jeff is not going to dethrone Roman, but it's going to be a great feud. Jeff can be the typical baby face and Roman can be the typical heel. You can have a normal, the best. Take him to SmackDown. TLC is coming up in December. Have a TLC match. You have that plan written. Jeff Hardy is TLC. And you can have that great match. So, Jeff Hardy is going to have a great future. I hope he's still... Yeah. By the way, that is a yeah, great pickup with Jeff Hardy going to SmackDown. Yeah, you can have him go to SmackDown and have that title match with Roman because you don't have anything left on Raw. The US title, there's a lot of rumors that Damien Priest is coming to SmackDown as well. So that means Shinsuke might be going to Raw. So you can have some fresh feuds for uh, Jeff Hardy and that's the point of the draft. People who have been exhausted on one brand can move on. Carmel has not changed brand since 2016. She's been there on SmackDown for five years and every single feud she has I'm a former two-time SmackDown Women's Champion. That's all she says. And I think one time. So, all she says is that. So, you can send her to Raw. A lot of people who can change brands. But talking about the triple threat, I think this year WWE has given us some massive triple threats. Awesome matches. And this one being another great one. Sheamus being the perfect heel. There was a point he went to the top rope and did the Hardy sign. So, <laughs> that was really funny. And he did the knee drop. And Sheamus is really fit. The way he uh, sits down on the bottom rope and pulls himself to the top rope, looks at the crowd, I've still got it, I've still got it. So, great heel. Priest was the second babyface because Hardy was the main guy here, as you said. So, I hope Hardy's got at least one world title reign left in him and they give it to him. But highly unlikely they give it to him. 
So let's just see what the future holds. But talking about the match itself, great match. Priest is booked really well. One guy who's come to the main roster has not been buried right now. So happy to see that. Priest got overshadowed in terms of crowd reaction. Yeah, Priest got overshadowed and that wasn't the intention. They wanted Priest to be the main uh, guy who was cheered. But it's okay. When you're in a match with someone like a Rey Mysterio, someone like a Jeff Hardy, guys who are always fan favorites, they're never hated by anyone. So you're in a tough situation. But Hardy and Priest, even after the match, they had their little moment. So Priest just admires Hardy a lot. So that's uh, good to see. Just not breaking kayfabe, basically. There's no villain uh, character here. So they just love each other and great story. I see the Matt Riddle character as a baby face working on the main roster. I expect the same from Priest. I think it's going to be a tough field to claim for Priest, I guess. Or else he could go back to a heel run. Yeah, uh, the problem is his promos. His promos are not really character-based and I don't hate it that much because when Priest delivers a promo, it feels like he's talking. He's just talking. He's talking to the crowd. He's talking to the opponent. It doesn't feel like a scripted promo. It's a normal human being. So that's nice. So he is a lovable baby face. People do love Priest, but not always. So I don't know what they're going to do with Priest, but hopefully a title uh, run that is as good as Roman Reigns can happen on SmackDown if he goes there. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, let's talk about the SmackDown Women's Championship match. Uh, this is Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. And at this point, this turned out to be a really good match, uh, in yeah. my opinion. And uh, who knows, this could be the match of the night if you want to you know, see the shenanigans that happened in the main event, but we'll get to that. But anyway, this was a really fun match, really good, you know, injuring work. Becky Lynch, you know, was on the top of her game. And uh, what you think about it? Yeah. So the reason Becky and Bianca, they had a great match is because on house shows, they have had this match. And I don't get the point. Why do you book a pay-per-view match on a house show? So... That's they a, need some big names. That's a tradition. Yeah. 25 years but or 30 protect, plus years. Protect some. You can have Becky versus Zelina Vega or Becky versus Carmela or something like that. So the reviews for their house show matches were really good. So I was expecting a good match here as well. Becky has improved a lot as a wrestler. She's uh, added moves to her arsenal. She wasn't the best in-ring worker, but now she's among the best. Becky, uh, Bianca is obviously a great in-ring worker. So, the chemistry was really great. Becky's gear sucks. I hated that gear. Why do you <laughs> hate white gear? I don't hate white gear. I hate gear that's done well. Carmela had that white gear in the uh, kickoff show. Becky also had the same one. People are saying she was, you know, uh, paying homage to that white gear at SummerSlam of Seth. But Vince hates white gear. Do you uh, remember that one match uh, Roman had with Braun at Fastlane? Roman was wearing white tape Jordans and he looked so cool. But And the sneaker world went crazy online. He's looking so nice and he was a apparent heel at that time. But next show, that boot's gone. We haven't seen that boot ever since because Vince hates white. So talking, uh, getting back to the match, Bianca and Becky had great chemistry. Probably match of the night and ended in a DQ finish because someone is back. The boss is back. So the obvious booking is a triple threat between these three, but please don't do that in Saudi because I don't want to see three of the best in-ring performers uh, wrestle in t-shirts. So just see what you can do here, but bringing Sasha back is a big thing. But uh, let's talk about the highlights here. These two are super over. Even Becky, yeah. we are getting dueling Becky and uh, Bianca Chandler, sorry, the EST chants. And this went throughout the match, which was great. Really got you as a viewer invested in it. Becky Lynch, I think she has upped her game as an in-ring you know, performer, not doing just plain ass moves, just like that. And just relying on the, the man character. By the way, what is your overall opinion on this heel run so far on Becky? Is it forced? Trying. Is she trying or what's happening? 
it's forced because uh, when becky returned at summer slam the pop was huge perhaps bigger than the lesnar uh, pop so she's a big star and when she turned heel uh, in 2018 it wasn't actually heel people loved the man gimmick you know it was <laughs> kind of uh, cringy to be honest because every single raw and smackdown she would come the man has come around <laughs> change the script david so now that she came back they kind of forced it because we got report she is going to turn heel and when we saw on camera it was kind of forced doing the typical you know the city sucks the baby face sucks and all of that but tonight it didn't feel like that like he was trying her best to uh, you know get the crowd to boo her but they weren't they were absolutely into the match let's go back est all throughout so great match and becky's talking about her heel turn i think it's forced but let's see where this goes because a lovable baby face character like bianca can be the perfect one to build a heel against moral of the story she's trying her best to make this work but uh, it's going to end up her being cheered as the days goes by yeah i would agree so we are talking about the highlights so they tried to duplicate something with summer slam you no know, the way they started with a handshake and how that happened so they try to duplicate here becky went for a handshake and she was going for the man handle slam but uh, bianca thought of you know ending the match quickly with the kod that didn't happen so there they went on to have a really good wrestling match here and let's uh, skip to the final parts so becky she was going for the disarmer but uh bianca you know got up and uh, was going to pick her up for the kod and that would have been really great too if she executed it but uh, we see the return of the boss sasha banks she is finally vaccinated claps for that so sasha banks is back causes a dq <clears throat> causes a dq uh, in an extreme rules pay per view that was a hilarious thing going on in twitter so the dq happens she goes after belair then we have a little face to face with bianca sorry bianca sorry sasha and becky and sasha would end up beating up uh, becky as well so sasha was the last woman who stood tall she is back in the title contention again are you doing a triple threat what are you going to do in the coming months we'll have to wait and see but it feels intriguing Let's go. So three best in ring performers. You have Sasha, you have Bianca, you have Becky. What's going to be next for them? Because the obvious move right now is feeling like a triple threat. You could do Becky versus Sasha or Becky versus Bianca in singles matches, but people right now would want a triple threat or a number one contenders match. Sasha and Bianca. We haven't gotten that second match till now. So where is it going to happen? Because after Saudi, you have a uh, Survivor Series. So it's a highly possible situation that this triple threat goes to saudi they wrestle in t-shirt and uh, full pants so who wants to see that we want it in an american crowd give it to us on smackdown we'll happily take that so the obvious move feels like a triple threat i don't think it's going to be a singles match so i'm happy that these three will be in the ring at the same time we'll get an awesome triple threat and becky gets even more heat to be honest because becky uh, and sasha will both be heels in this situation bianca the lone superhero going against them so they might get heat for this and i don't think sasha or bianca are going to take the title off the man right now uh but someone is getting drafted from in this three either sasha or uh, bianca is going to rock that's my prediction sasha might not go to rock sasha is not going to rock she's Uh, got blue hair that's obvious so she is staying on smackdown and she just came for the title so bianca might go but you can book a sasha bianca match as a number one contenders match on friday which is draft night and sasha wins the match goes on to face becky at some pay per view and bianca can be moved to raw that would be a good move we'll have to wait and see but uh, i think it's time we talked about the main event then is it something we are missing no we are not missing anything it's the main event now so it was for the universal championship uh, and it's happening in a extreme rules match finally a stipulation 
So this is a Roman Reigns versus the Demon Finn Balor, and commentary uh, brought up uh, how the Demon is undefeated in WWE. I think he has one Why loss. Why did you say that? I think he has one loss. No, WWE means the main roster. NXT is not WWE. You can't consider NXT to be part of WWE. He's uh, beaten by Joe once on NXT, but that doesn't count. On the main roster, he's unbeaten. Apparently, till now, not anymore. But uh, yeah, man, they had a match. It was fun, chaotic, typical WWE style main event. Was really enjoying it. Like, uh, and then we get to the finish. Then things happened. But if you want to exclude it, I think it was a good enough match. What do you think about it? Yeah. Uh, if you exclude the ending, the way it ended, I think this was a perfect match. Roman and Balor have great chemistry. We've seen that over the years. Every single match they have has been awesome. And adding the Demon Dynamic made it difficult for WWE itself. They've been doing these matches again and again where they don't know who to uh, allow to win and who to uh, give a loss to. Because you're putting yourself in a difficult situation. Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross. Keith Lee has lost the previous week. Karrion Cross has lost the previous week. Who do you give the win to? You just give it to Karrion Cross next week. Keith Lee gets the win. It's stupid booking. So in this week, uh, you know, Roman Reigns and Finn Balor, awesome match. And they had to bring the demon because Reigns and Balor had a normal match on SmackDown. You can't have that rematch, even though WWE loves rematches, but they can't have that on a pay-per-view main event. Demon was invincible. He was looking great. Roman was playing heel to the crowd perfectly. Every single time Balor was trying to bring a table out, Roman would push the table back in, uh, under the ring. And that was perfect. That was improvisation at its best. The crowd really wanted tables and he didn't give it to them. So, Balor was looking really strong and the fact that towards the end, I was on the edge of my seat and thinking, oh my God, Roman Reigns is going to lose the title. The fact that that was possible to put into my mind is great because it was predictable that Roman would win. But everyone was looking towards the end, how would it end? People thought the demon can't lose fair. So, what's going to happen? The last few moments where the Usos attack the demon, the demon puts uh, Jay or Jimmy, one of them, through the announcement table, spear through the barricade, demon music hits, demon rises up, awesome. Everything is going really well. And the fact that Roman wore a mask entering the crowd, just damn the situation and the match. He left the WrestleMania 36 due to the pandemic. He wore a mask because he's in inside the crowd with people so good move and i don't know back, if that... it was uh, that or was he being trying to be a prick here by wearing the mask mm. no, but anyways I I, so. I, for some reason for some reason i really laughed when he wore that mask and just started beating Bella through the crowd yeah it was funny but i think it was the covid reasons because in the ring you're surrounded by people but not very close and the wrestlers are vaccinated. But in the crowd, you just don't know. So they were in too close proximity to the people. So good move that Roman wear it, uh, wore it and kept himself safe. But the spear through the barricade was amazing. Balor becoming Alexa Bliss and rising up was amazing. And then, you know, Roman doesn't jump a lot. Even his, his uh, spear sells and all. But when Balor... It was difficult. How can you drop kick someone and he falls on the table? So it was a difficult spot to do, but Reigns jumped onto the table. Then the crap that happened in the end, <laughs> Balor on the top rope and the top rope breaks. How? Is it the Fiend coming back? Is it Alexa Bliss? What is happening? How can that happen? So you're probably telling us, and this is the worst time to do something like this, because how do you book a match where none of the superstars can lose? AEW style, time limit. And at the same time, you have Roman and Balor. Nobody can lose. You break a rope and pin Roman. And even after the rope break, Balor wasn't hurt. He was shocked to see what happened. So I hope on SmackDown, they give us a reason why that happened. Not just, a, you know, malfunction. They give us a reason, okay, the energy of the demon was too high and the crowd was super over during this moment. 
that oh my god the demon might really beat less uh, you know roman reigns but then spear to balor the match ends and a lot of hate coming roman's way for this because they feel like every single match of his is predictable but that is wrestling if a lot of title reigns have happened like that cm punk's 434 day reign did you really believe big show would dethrone him so predictability has to be there in wrestling that's not a problem but if as we talked about in the start remove the ending it's a match of the year mm, anyways uh, let's talk about the highlights here uh, like you said team one was made to look like you know a actual threat and we also saw some good callbacks which were made for good storytelling like there was this point where i think roman reigns speared or superman punched i don't know so he went for the pin paler he yeah. kicked out but he low blowed uh, reigns at the you know same time so this is this has been a roman reigns uh, thing for a while now in his entire run in the last year so that was really good so as we get to the final parts the match is really you know getting chaotic fans are into it i really love the table spot you know fans on the table throughout the night when bala introduced it you know roman decided no just don't give the fans a table and he decided to you know just you know don't don't give the people what they want fantastic job by roman so like i said the match is really getting intense really entertaining and we see the usos getting involved and this happened where balor really hit, uh, hit hit the cool grass and we thought yes there is a chance he could get the victory but here comes the usos and i'm like yeah this would make sense but uh, he is the demon now balor so he beats up both the usos he power bombs i think it was jimmy through the table and from out of nowhere roman comes in hits a giant spear through the barricade and uh, yeah uh, fans are chanting this is awesome and then we hear the demon musing you know the intro of the demon heartbeat the tak 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 that coming in and for some reason balor you know reacted to that uh, heartbeat his whole body started you know shaking through the beats of the you know heartbeats and i'm like is he the demon finn balor or is he papa shango what's happening here so He's then really balor so then the music you know really kicks in and he becomes uh, this monster demon whatever you call it and goes fully crazy on roman he drop kicks roman through his laid out table and his uh, roman is in the ring fans are really reacting this uh, uh, and uh, Balor, he has to the top, going for the second coup de grace. Really, you know, soaking in the moment. Fans are really invested in. Then all of a sudden, the rope collapses. He falls to the uh, mat. Everybody is losing their mind, and Roman would end up with a big spear, and that's how the match ended. This is a stupid finish, but uh, I won't compare it to the other stupid finishes we have seen in recent memory. yeah because uh, if you have to finish the match clean because roman isn't winning unfair not unfair roman isn't winning any unclean matches till now every single match he's won has been a, a guillotine choke or a pinfall or a submission so he can't win by dq or something and they have got enough hate for the hell in a cell 2019 finish so they can't do this again so it wasn't a bad finish to be honest because I don't think the demon looked weak in this finish. The fact that after falling from the top rope, he wasn't hurt, but he was shocked. He was just looking at the top rope, like what happened. So maybe it's some new entity. Maybe me Ying coming in, T N Shah coming in. Something is happening, but he didn't look weak. So that's the main uh, takeaway from this: that Roman retained his title. He didn't, uh, you know, have a DQ finish or something. The demon looked strong. and he is going to move on to lesnar but what is going to be next for balor that's the main point balor isn't going to have a rematch anymore the normal finn balor lost the demon finn balor lost what's going to be next for finn that's going to be the talking point at the end of the day when they announced the crown jewel match with lesnar he the finn balor was after thought after that yeah they shouldn't have announced that that is a 
you know, stupid move. Even though they wrote in the caption that it's still not for the title, it might be a non-title match. We know it's for the title. You cannot have Lesnar Reigns without a title. After in MSG, Lesnar said, I'm coming after the universal title. So you, what's the hurry? Who was waiting for that? We knew that match was happening. We weren't waste, waiting like, okay, when's the green and golden poster coming out of Lesnar and Reigns? You could have had immediately on SmackDown after Extreme Rules. So really bad, but I'm hoping that Finn Balor has a great future because many were questioning the decision to bring him back to the main roster. But they're, they've booked him well till now, uh, putting him in the major feud instantly. So let's see what happens. But Roman is obviously going to move on to Lesnar now. And that's going to be a great feud. Roman, Lesnar and Heyman dynamic is always great. So I'm happy that Reigns retained. But yeah, a bit tricky situation for Finn Balor. They have to come up with a good explanation of what they did here. Yeah, because it's not going to be like malfunction. It's going to be a specific reason why this happened. And I would love, I would love if the, uh, it's a new character that has come in and uh, taken out Finn Balor. If that's the case, then brilliant. You could have a next uh, major feud. But if that's not the case, it's just a malfunction, stupid. Who knows, the Fiend may be coming back. No problem, come back. Maybe Braun Strowman. Or Kevin Owens. No, <laughs> Kevin Owens is happy with Happy Gordon right now. Uh, I don't know, man. I read that report. Have you seen that there's a pitch of bringing back the Fiend because there is still money to be made and fuck Bray Wyatt? No, I don't think I don't think Bray is coming back at all. No, no, what the Fiend did. is coming back. Where? You thought I was just messing around for a while now? This is This could be a thing. What could be a thing? That the Fiend is coming back. No, the Fiend can't come back. It's not true. Uh, well, it is WWE's entity. Yeah, it's a, but who will play the Fiend? Yeah, we, we haven't yet seen Bray Wyatt in the Fiend here with his face shown. It's always Funhouse Bray Wyatt or the Fiend. The Fiend is always there with the mask. Maybe it wasn't Bray Wyatt all the time. Maybe it was someone else. Maybe someone else is going to play the field. Who knows? They could put Kevin Owens in that role. Yeah, he has the same kind of gut. He has the stomach. He can. He looks the similar shape, so he can be that. And uh, by the way, Kevin, he can. They could really do that, you know, because Kevin Owens is going through the Dean Ambrose phase right now. Yeah. True. He is not doing anything great. He, there have been rumors that his contract is ending in January 2023. Sami Zayn's contract is ending in December 2022. So everyone just wants to go to AEW because, oh my God, Young Bucks are our good friends. They'll book us into the world title picture and everything. So just everyone can't go to AEW. You can't have so many main eventers. So I'm hoping that both of them stay because uh, a lot of things are left for them to do. Sami hasn't had a big career. He has a lot of things to accomplish as has Kevin Owens. So, hoping they would stay and let's see what the future holds because a lot of things are happening both companies. Mm, let's wait and see. And I think this review really motivated me to bring back my roster talk. <laughs> but anyways, uh, this was Extreme Rules. Nothing special. The next one is Crown Jewel. Kind of scared seeing the history mm-hmm. of that paper you yeah, but to be honest, Crown Jewel this year, if you see the feuds that are going into it, I'm particularly excited because a lot of good things can happen. Plus, a Crown Jewel pay-per-view feels like a WrestleMania, the grandeur of the pay-per-view, the pyro of Saudi is unmatched and uh, WWE just goes, uh, no pun intended, all out in Saudi because they want to do everything for the king and prince. So... What happens is going to be great, but Saudi pay-per-views generally suck. Hopefully, this time they won't. We have King of the Ring and Queen of the Ring. Oh my God, yes. But King of the Ring, I think, is going to air on Fox. It's not going to be a Saudi thing. I hope it airs on SmackDown or something like that. And everyone just wants one superstar to be King of the Ring, and that's Xavier Woods. 
everyone yeah. has had a singles run even today in the six man tag xavier had a great showing so he is the one guy that's left to do something individually biggie is a two time ic champion now wwe champion kofi has done everything but xavier only a tag team champion so i'll be happy if that happens i think it's just the finals for the crown jewel paper yeah i hope so not like that world cup tournament where every single match happens on the pay per view we have to see the same wrestler four times it gets boring oh that was some time man 2018 was a crazy crazy year but anyways yeah. man this was extreme rules let's see how we talk and review crown jewel when exactly it airs which day it's on october 21st and the day is it might uh, it's generally a friday for south africa please so yeah thursday thursday for them friday for indians and then saturday smackdown for us no it airs on the same day like us yeah it is on the same day but i think it's going to be friday night for us saudi pay-per-view generally comes on a night in india it's 9 o'clock to 2 o'clock so that's going to be the time friday yeah. let's go and see how we do that but uh, anyways man before we leave where can these guys find you so you guys can find me on instagram and youtube at hpbc i have a podcast i do vlogs and a lot of fun stuff so you can find me there And you can find Slam of Wrestling on Twitter at Slam of W, Instagram at Slam of Wrestling, and you can catch this review on Anchor and Spotify as well. This was the Extreme Rules review, and see you guys next time. <laughs>